Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good morning. Today is May the 18th, Wednesday. And uh, my hope today is that the sun will shine upon you and uh, that you'll be having a smile upon your face as you go about this day, you know, and hopefully, if you're a believer, that uh, you'll have an opportunity to share the love of God uh, with somebody, you know, either through just a hello or how you doing, you know, some kind of way you'll touch them in the name of the Lord, and that would be good. Um, I'll say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we just give thanks for this day, and I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to share your word. And Lord, I just pray that um, you just continue to bless those that believe, dear Heavenly Father, open their hearts and their minds to the wonderful expectation of what the future holds for us. And for those that do not believe in you, dear Lord, I pray that you know these are little seeds that will be planted and that they'll want to come to know you sooner than later, dear Lord, so that they can also become a part of the family and enjoy and what our ultimate destiny is being a part of God's family. And I just give thanks in your son Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to read you the likeness of God. In Genesis 1.26, God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, the plural us and our, denoting both God the Father and the Word, who would later be born in the flesh as Jesus Christ. John chapter 1 verse 1 through 3 and 14. What is meant by God's image and likeness here? Most importantly, God made us like him in qualities of mind such as an abstract thought, emotion, creativity, and planning. But the underlying Hebrew words used are here concern actual form and appearance. The word teslem, T-S-E-L-E-M, image, has the same, has the sense of a statue, while dimwuth, D-E-M-U-W-T-H, likeness, refers to a physical resemblance. Yet as John 4.24 tells us, God is spirit. The Greek word translated spirit here and elsewhere in the New Testament is puma. In the Old Testament, the Hebrew word is spirit as raka. Both these terms can also mean wind. Because wind is formless, some argue that immaterial spirit cannot have form and shape. Yet in many places in the scripture, God and angelic spirits are described as having bodily form. This is apparent that the spirit must be able to have form and shape, and God the Father and Christ have the same form and shape as the human beings who are 
pattern after them on a lesser material level. The wind comparison comes from the fact that the spirit is invisible to the human eyes unless physically manifested. Russell's spirit can exist in the form in a formless state, such as God's Holy Spirit being everywhere, filling the entire universe. And that's Jeremiah 23:24. God appeared in human form to a few people in the Old Testament. And that's Genesis chapter 18, 32, and 24, and 30. Exodus 24, 9 through 10, and Joshua 5, 13 through 15. In these manifestations, though, God did not reveal his full shining glory because the intensity would have been unbearable. As God told Moses, you cannot see my face, for no man shall see me and live. And that's Exodus 33:20. Yet Moses, shielded by God's power, was allowed to see God's radiant form from the back. And now you find that in verse 23. A few supernatural visions in Scripture do give us a glimpse into the awesome appearance of God in his superior splendor. The prophet Ezekiel recorded what he saw. There was a form with the appearance of a human on the throne high above, from what seemed to be his waist up. I saw a gleam like amber with what looked like fire enclosing it all around. From what seemed to be his waist down, I also saw what looked like fire. There was a brilliant light all around him. The appearance of the brilliant light all around was like that of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. This was the appearance of the form of the Lord's glory. Ezekiel, first chapter, 26 through 28. The Old Testament appearance of God were not of God the Father, since John, chapter 1, 18, says of him, no one has seen God at any time, says Jesus. You have neither heard his voice at any time nor seen his form, John chapter 5, 37. Rather, these were appearances of Jesus Christ before his human life. Again, though, the Father and Christ share the same image and likeness. In the New Testament book of Revelation, the Apostle John saw the glorified Jesus Christ as someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden slash across his chest. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like the bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was the sound of rushing waters. His face was like that of the sun, shining in its brilliance. And you'll find that in Revelations chapter 1, 13 through 16. This is a limited description of the likeness of God that human beings will also have in full when they are glorified at the resurrection to eternal life. When those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky, and those who lead many to righteousness 
like the stars forever and ever. See Daniel chapter 12, 2 through 3. Then fully in God's likeness, we will be able to fulfill our awesome responsibility of exercising dominion over the assisting him in managing the vastness of his creation. This is the future God has planned for you, your destiny, if you embrace it, if you fully with an obedient heart and remain a dedicated and faithful follower of God and his teachings as revealed in the Holy Scriptures, the Bible. And that is just totally awesome. Okay, perfected in loving character. The rule of Christ and his glorified followers will vastly be different from the rule this world has usually experienced. They will serve as true public servants rather than exploit humanity. Jesus described the kind of giving, serving, loving leadership that all will characterize those who rule with him. Among the Gentiles, King Lord is over their subjects, and those in authority are given the title benefactor. Not so with you. On the contrary, the greatest among you must bear himself like the youngest, the one who rules like the one who serves. God is creating not just a family of kings, but kings who are servants, kings who will pass on blessings to those they serve. As Proverbs chapter 29, 2 tells us, When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. The whole world will rejoice on the righteous rule of the family of God. God's character is based on love, outflowing concern for others, so much so that the Bible says that God is love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8 through 16 the loving character of God is so evident in all his children that loving character is what distinguishes the true children of God, what reveals who is really part of his family. As the Apostle John wrote, In this the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor is he who does not love his brother. And that'll be First John chapter three, ten. Jesus taught the same. You have heard that it was said, "You shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. You shall be perfect just as your Father in heaven is perfect. And that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 through 45 and 48. The practice of godly love by the resurrected, resurrected immortal children of God will produce a wonderful world of the future. God is perfecting the attitude of love and mercy in his sons and daughters who are the first fruits of his spiritual harvest of humanity. James chapter 1 verse 18 They will be children befitting his family, children who will demonstrate 
to the remainder of the mankind that obedience to God's law is the right way to live. God is creating in his children his holy and righteous character, the pattern of life ingrained through habits of choosing the right way, the way of love even against temptation and self-desire. The present life in physical, temporary human bodies is our training ground toward this end of time for God's children to develop righteous character, to become like the Father in Christ in our minds and lifestyle. Rest assured, there is no way God will endue us with omnipotent power and, and immortality unless we are thoroughly yielded to his direction, walking humbly in his way of life, of love and service to others. Thankfully, God helps us to grow in this way throughout our lives as we submit to him. And when we are fully transformed into his likeness at the resurrection, we will have his perfect loving character as our own. No vestige will be left or selfish human nature, only total selfless love and care for others just as God has. Thus there will be perfect harmony among all, those of God's family, and with a total concern for the good of the governed, God's family will reign over the angels and all human beings as yet unchanged. There's still more to come. As pointed out above, God's converted people of this age, his saints, are the first fruits of the spiritual harvest of mankind. They are called first fruits in recognition of the fact that more will follow. This analogy is drawn from the agricultural year of ancient Israel, wherein a spring harvest was followed by a late summer and fall harvest. The agricultural culture, or cycle rather, uh, and related events are commemorated in annual festivals God gave to Israel as a picture of progressive steps in his great plan of salvation. During the thousand-year reign of Jesus Christ and his saints over all the nations, Revelation chapter 20, verse 6, represented by a great fall harvest festival, the Feast of Tabernacles, or the Feast of Ingathering, the people of the earth will be taught the way of salvation, and nearly all will ultimately embrace it, so as to later join the saints and being glorified and added to God's family. Following this period is the time of the last judgment, when all who ever lived without a proper understanding of God's truth will be given their only real opportunity for salvation and glorification. Revelations chapter 25 and 11 and 12. Matthew chapter 11, 21 through 24, and Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. God's plan is an all-encompassing. During this time, the vast majority of human beings will receive the opportunity for everlasting life. Remember, God desires all men to be saved and is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. 1 Timothy chapter 2, 4, 2 Peter 
chapter 3, 9. Though his wondrous plan, all of humanity will be given the opportunity to learn God's truth, come to repentance, and receive salvation. Then, as Revelation 21 reveals, there will be a new heaven and a new earth, and a city of New Jerusalem will descend to the earth from heaven as the capital of the universe, the, eterning, the eternal dwelling of God, at last God the Father, as well as Jesus Christ will live with humanity, now glorified as God's divine children. And that's verse 7. Encourage us with these awesome words. He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. As we saw at the onset, all things means the entire universe and spirit realm. We will have a permanent dwelling with God in New Jerusalem, but we will not combine there or to the earth or even to this galaxy. Rather, we will have the freedom to enjoy the entire cosmos, which we will then possess along with God the Father and Jesus Christ and the rest of the divine family. Of course, it may be that just as there will be different levels of administrative responsibility over the nations during the 1,000-year rule of Christ and his saints, so the glorified members of God's family may likewise have different regions of oversight throughout the universe. With more than 100 billion galaxies of 100 billion stars, there will be plenty of responsibility to go around. In any case, we will be able to travel anywhere within the universe instantaneously as the speed of thought, just as God can, and beautify and expand on it under the direction of the Father in Christ. For we will share their infinite power in mind. To quote the words of the Apostle Paul again, No eyes have seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And that's 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 2, verse 9. I mean, can you imagine that? I mean, just take a step here for a minute. We will be not confined to this earth or even to this galaxy. Rather, we will have the freedom to enjoy the entire cosmos, which we will then possess along with God the Father, Jesus Christ, and the rest of the divine family. Can you imagine that? Wow. <laughs> Joy and pleasures forevermore. This future is so transdestined in its magnitude and meaning that it's impossible to really get our minds around it. The truth is that we don't know all that we will experience when we at least dwell in the glory with God and all the repentant humanity in the age to come as God has not revealed it and will probably would not be able to comprehend it with our infinite minds. But we can rest assured that life then will never be dull and uninteresting. It will be always be filled with new opportunities and joyful living. In Psalms 
chapter 16, verse 11, King David prayed to God, You will show me the path of life in your presence. His fullness of joy at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You were born to become a glorified, immortal member of God's family, to live and reign with the Father and Christ in joy without ending, to shine as the stars forever and ever. A mention of David again brings us back to where we began with his reflections in Psalms chapter 8, verse 3 and 4. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? The Bible has shown us why God is mindful of mankind. He has planned for us an astounding future. We have seen that our ultimate destiny, the purpose of our existence, is to become the divine children of God, who is our Father. He wants to share his very life with us, desiring that we ultimately inherit not only all that he has, but even what he is. Could anything be greater than that? What more could anyone possibly wish for? Never underestimate the value of your life. You were born to become one of God's divine children. You were born to receive his very nature and character and eventually eternal life on his level of existence. You were born to become a glorified, immortal member of God's family, to live and reign with the Father and Christ in joy without ending, to shine as stars forever and ever. This is your incredible destiny. May God grant you a heart willing to surrender your life to him so that you may receive his incomparable gift. And may, may your heart be open. May you hear the words. May you hear him call you. If you know him, God praise him. If you don't know him, it's really very simple. All you've got to do is just look at your life. And if you're satisfied with it, then you don't need to listen to anything more. But if you're not satisfied with your life at this moment, you need to really look down, look around, look deep inside yourself. I mean, really look inside yourself. Do you love yourself? Do you like yourself? Do people love you and like you? If you're saying no to these, then I ask that you take a minute and really think. And then after you've thought, you know, what have you got to lose? you got to lose. What have you got to lose? Really, at this very minute, all you have to do is say, Lord, forgive me, Lord, for I am a sinner. And Heavenly Father, I don't understand all of what's going on, or I don't even understand you, but I'm willing to learn. And Lord, I just ask that you forgive me for my sins. I humbly repent for all the wrong that I've done. And I ask that you forgive me. I truly ask that you forgive me. And Lord, I want you to be a part of my life. 
because I do believe that you are the son of the living God and that you did come to bring salvation unto me. And Lord, I repent and I ask you to come into my life and I thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, I thank you. Amen. Well, I mean, you don't have to exactly say what I just got finished saying, but I mean, something similar to that, you know, just, you know, you just have to, you have to dig deep and you have to really be repentant. You really have to want to change your life. And then, and then once you do, you know, it's boom, you know, miraculously, if you really meant it, you know, you'll feel something come over you. Just feel kind of a peace or, or a comfort or a joy. You'll feel something. And then when you do, you know, the first thing I suggest you do is you find a Christian that, you know, a good Christian, one that you know is a Christian, and tell them, hey, I've accepted the Lord. What do I do next? And then find a good Bible teaching church, a Bible, a church that doesn't tickle your ears with fancy sayings, but a church that will open the Bible and teach you. And along the way, the Holy Spirit will come alongside of you. If you are really meaning, and if you are really accepting, the Holy Spirit will come. And it's a guide, it's a peace, it's a comfort. Because of Christ's redemption, I'm a new creation of great worth. I'm deeply loved, completely forgiven, fully pleasing and totally accepted by God, and absolutely complete in Christ. There has never been another person like me in the history of mankind, nor will there ever be. God has made me original, one of a kind, really somebody. And that's who you are too. You're one of a kind. You're really somebody. And there's a purpose for you being here. And the purpose for you being here is to find your way home. And the purpose of you finding your way home is through Jesus Christ, who is our Savior. Yeah. I, uh, sometimes I'm talking to, uh, or I have talked to others, and I've said, you know, it's like, you know, Jesus is the big brother who's telling you, hey, man, you lost your way. Come on home. But you got to believe in me because I want to teach you. I want to show you what our Father is like. Because our Father, He doesn't accept half. He wants it all. And if you give it all to Him, if you surrender, that's what we work through. That's sanctification. Working through giving it all to Him. Everything. I mean, just lay your life down. Everything. Your dreams, your habits, your fears. You know, you know, Jesus washed your sin away. You know, not that you're not going to sin again, but the fact that we're under under Jesus' protection, we have the opportunity that we can go and repent of whatever we've done and ask for forgiveness. And if we mean it, you know, hey, it's wiped away. It's wiped away. And the, and but when we say that, we also say that you know, help me not to commit that sin again. 
And the next time that temptation comes along, you're stronger and you don't fall into it. And that's, it's such a wonderful thing. And each and every day is such a joy because each and every day you grow, you grow, you grow a little closer. You get into the Word of God and you read it and you want more of it. It's a hunger that grows within you. Yes, I'm, I, I just going off here. Uh, I just want to thank you for for just coming by and and listening. I hope and you know and sharing this with other people. If if you don't have the time, you know somebody else that might you know have a seed planted, because that's what I'm. I I, I hope and pray that I'm doing. You know I, I'm enriching the lives of those that believe and planting seeds for those that don't believe. Listen, if you want to get a copy of uh, this booklet that's called What is Your Destiny? Go to uh, GN, capital letters, magazine.org. And that's, of course, the World Wide Web. GN, capital, magazine, org. Just the GN is capitalized. And then magazine.org. And that's the Good News magazine. They have some really good booklets, and I recommend that you get this booklet and and uh, you know and get it and read it. But I've I've had this booklet and and I've read it several times, and every time I just get a kick out of it. I really do enjoy it. And I want to thank you for for coming by and and um, and and sharing <laughs> sharing your time with me. And I just pray. Uh, once again, that you just have a great and glorious day ahead. And Heavenly Father, once again, I just want to thank you for this time. And um, I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for all that you're doing in my life and, and what you will continue to do in each and every one that, that hears these words, dear Heavenly Father. Uh, you are a great, awesome God. And I thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, my Lord, my Savior. I just thank you. Okay, so uh, my I'm done with this. So the next one I'm going to move on to is uh, we're going to get to know Jesus. So we're going to get to know Jesus. So I want you to have a great and glorious day. Uh, be blessed. Be safe. And come back. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.